Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract? fine print or you finally want to get that will done legal shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iheart pplsi does not provide legal representation or advice see a plan for complete terms hi let's talk about pro plan sport pro plan sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. The Colin Cowherd Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. All right, everybody, it's our Wednesday morning podcast. Um, Nick writes, we're going to talk about so many interesting things. Number one, he just took a massive life adventure. He took a lot of money to Vegas. He and I have privately discussed another line of work, which I think he's capable of doing for a living. He's really good at it. I could never do it. We're going to talk about the NBA and the ratings decline. Some thoughts about Mac Jones getting drafted third and my theories on that. With Nick and I, we talk sports, we talk life, we talk politics. To me, He's my perfect podcasting guest. No notes. Let's talk. Shoot the shit. Hopefully the people like it. Hopefully. And here we go. All right. And with that, I bring on my friend, Nick Wright. Nick's been joining me on FS1 every Wednesday for about four or five years. He's also the uh, co-host. You know, he's the lead singer for uh, First Things First. (laughs) And he's also, we can reveal... A secret. It's not really a secret to me, but maybe to other people. You went to Vegas recently. Yeah. And you were on Poker After Dark. You and I have been talking about this for a couple months. So I don't know. What I'm about to ask you, I do not know the answers to. Uh-huh. So I, I know you took a big bundle of lettuce, a yeah. lot of cabbage. Let me tell so you did something. You, Before you even okay. ask the question, let me tell America something. True facts about Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd once upon a time told me, during an unrelated conversation, Nick, I want you to know something. Your family is my family. And then he paused and he was like, what's the scenario where a realist one where Nick might need some help? And there's the exact quote. You ever lose 50,000 in a weekend? You can call me and I got your back because he knows that's in play. This was in play this weekend these during this three days of poker. But the fact that I didn't call you and say, uh, Uncle Colin, I need you to do the old wire to the aria. Means it went, it went, <laughs> it didn't go disastrously. I can tell you that much. Now, can you tell me how how much you took to Vegas? Tell you that ninety, ninety thousand bucks. Yeah. Okay. That's what I so took with how me. did you? That's what you took with you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. what, I what took did with you? Br- what did you bring home? If okay, <laughs> um. From the poker, if we just yeah. let's just so I brought 90 with me for poker. I, yeah, I can say this brought home 101. 
good poker weekend. Now, uh -huh. there's a lot of other opportunities <laughs> to gamble in Vegas. Yeah, there are. <laughs> so here's the thing. So did the full 101 come home with me? No, of course not. Do I now feel like I have carte blanche to stay at the Aria for life? Maybe. Was it like, do I, did I, that's what we call building a relationship. That was me sure. and the Aria getting to know each other. Um, so I, so let me, I, I'll set the context for it. Wednesday and Friday were cash games with $20,000 buy-ins, 50 and $100 blinds, and had some, uh, Bruce Buffer was in a game. There was the guy that started Shopify, which I was like, Shopify? I wonder how good that company is. I looked it up. I was like, oh, market cap, $167 billion. He's the founder. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, maybe don't try to bluff that fella, because I don't think $4,000 going to scare him. Um, and, but then also pros. So Maria Ho, who's a pro, played one day. Phil Hellmuth, who's probably the world's most famous poker player, played two days. And Daniel Negreanu, who's maybe the world's most successful poker player, played. And so Wednesday and fr Friday were cash games. Thursday was a $10,000 sit and go tournament where first place got 50,000, second place got 20,000. And I seat four was Helmuth, seat five was me, seat six was Negrano. And I, I can't, what I can tell you is this. I had a nice long tete a tete with Phil Helmuth and it will, I, I handled myself well, and I'm Wednesday, Colin, I played, and I can say this because I don't know what order they're going to air. Wednesday, I played the worst poker of my life. I was totally shaken up by the situation. I didn't think I would be. I was worried that everyone was coming after me, even though why would they be coming after me? I played terribly. Thursday, I played perfect poker for five hours, and Friday, I played really well, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to do it again. It was great. Do you think you... Do you think you can make a living playing poker? I think that I think that if I you, what you said in the beginning is, you know, my downfall. If do I think I could be a profitable poker player? Yes. Am I a profitable poker player? Yes. Do could I make as much money just playing poker as I do in my regular life? It, I would have to I, that that would that's a tougher question, right? Like, and I'd have to really right. drill down on it. But also knowing myself, what is the cost associated with the walk to the poker room and the walk back right. from the poker room, the walk past right. the sports book and the walk past the blackjack tables and those things. Those have always been, you know, you know, we've had a off and on relationship for twenty years, myself and those pits, and so we'll. So I think that I could certainly do more and more than I've done. I mean, I've been playing, I was, I've been playing poker for 20 years. And so I've, you know, and I understand the math of it and I love it. And so being able to go up against the best in the world and see how I could shape up, I'm glad I didn't get my head handed to me. I'll tell you that much. Well, it's great. It's, it's funny. You and I are so different in so many ways, just the way we think you're very mathy. I'm not, I like structure. I'm very much into business. You're really not. You're more creative than I am. Um, we have we, it, but in a weird way, I I live through you. You're like a mobster. You live the life I wish I had the courage to do, which is go sit, play poker, hundreds of thousands of dollars, roll the dice. It's like I watch Tony Soprano. I think beyond clipping guys, what a life! Yeah, if you well, take that, that part out, that's well, that's the that. I mean, I do. Here's the thing. I think that, that that's why mobster movies will always be successful and people will always like them is even though there's a part of your brain that is like, these are totally amoral, awful people. There is a part of the lifestyle that seems so alluring, no matter your level of success or wealth or anything in, in a, in a regular structured life, the, just the, the bands of cash, and the I will do what I want when I want that type of thing. There is part of at least I shouldn't say for everyone, but at least for me, and it sounds like for you that that always has been attractive to. And then yeah. and so I yeah, I mean that's why for as long as there's been cinema, people have enjoyed watching those movies. Yeah, but you're not uncut gems 
Adam Sandler intense. No, I'm not. I no, but I. This is where, and you and I, and we, we, you and I have talked about this somewhat on the air, but a lot off the air. This is where I am very, very, very thankful that I have my rock of my home, of my wife and kids, because I do think that if not for the responsibility, accountability, and the things that come with being a father and a husband, that I, that I'm always, you know, I'd be far closer to the edge of saying, you know what, let's take a big shot, like a bigger shot than is responsible. The shot I took this weekend, I don't want folks to get confused. I ain't got nothing close to the Colin Cowherd money. It would have hurt. If I'd have come home with zero, that would have been a, that, that's a, that's a long plane ride. That's, that's a, <laughs> that's a 26 hour, five hour flight back from Vegas. So it would have hurt, but it wouldn't have been like, well, I'm ruined. And so, you know, I stay within the bounds. But yeah, I, I'm probably a little closer to Sandler and Uncut Gems than you are, but I'm not, but I, I'm not, you know, nobody goes full Sandler. You don't want to do that. No, I mean, I, I've said I, I have the ability to twice a year bet $5,000 on a game and that's it. And I'm totally happy. I bet on Clemson over Ohio State and I bet a ton on Green Bay at Houston last year after they were humiliated and oh, the line yeah. was only four the following week. And I'm like, no, they're going to dust Houston. And I was I was okay doing that. I, I was okay betting five thousand dollars that the Cleveland Browns will win more than nine and a half games on the over. Emo- you know, I, that- hold on for the record. Sorry to interrupt you in your podcast. That is what we in the business call an emotional hedge, which was you knew deep down there was part of you that was going to be sad if Baker won ten games. So at <laughs> least you could be happy with the five thousand. So that's an emotional well- hedge. Well, it's interesting because when I moved to Vegas out of college, I was a huge college football fan, and I was still really a fan. The last team I was a fan of, the University of Washington. And so after the first couple of weekends, you know, I was betting them to win, and they lost one of the games. And I remember thinking, God, it ruins my weekend. So my team lost, and I lost money. So I wrote about it in my first book. I started doing kind of life insurance, where I would always bet against my favorite teams. So either I won money or my team won. And I never, I never had a weekend that was completely lost. They, they say in Alabama when the Crimson Tide lose, the commerce goes down in the state on Monday. Like, people are shot. So I was finding myself when I was a true fan, I would be ruined if the Huskies lost, and I bet on them. So I've, the emotional hedge comment's actually true. Um, I, I, I do find from occasion, it's better for me if Baker goes 7-10 and 10, but that roster is too good to not go 11 and 6. It just is. Unless they get Kansas City early, Green Bay, New England on the road late, and the schedule doesn't work out perfectly. But but do you ever bet emotionally? You so, ever have emotional hedges? Oh, I do the opposite of the uh, so the opposite of the emotional hedge is the maximum pleasure, maximum pain. And that is and I can give you the I have in the 20 in the you know, this calendar year of sports, I have two perfect examples of it working out amazingly and working out terribly you know all year long i was as anti last basketball season clippers as anyone could possibly be and i said all year long they are not going to make the conference finals and before nuggets clippers i bet on the nuggets and when they were down three games to one i bet on the nuggets more and they at like 32 to one and they came all the way roaring back and won the series. That plus I, of course, had a future on LeBron and the Lakers. So that was like perfect for me. The opposite of that is what happened in the damn Super Bowl, which you will never let me forget. All year <laughs> long, I am talking about how Brady is cooked. And I'm from Kansas City. I'm a Chiefs fan. I have a ton of Chiefs futures out there. So going into the Super Bowl, I already had a massive swing just from my Chiefs futures already, my anti, you know, like a career bet as far as me being right or wrong on Brady. And so a wise man, a smart man would do nothing for the Super Bowl. A wise man would bet a sizable amount on Tampa plus the three and a half, hope the Chiefs win by three and you win the board. An idiot would just hammer the Chiefs three minus three and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And just have it just be the worst everything. 
just my I'm sad. It costs me money. I so yeah, that that is so the the emotional hedge or hedging in general, you got it. So like, I'll go to blackjack quickly and we don't have to do the whole thing on gambling if you don't want, but it's the, the p- some people in blackjack, like a 12 against a two, the book says to hit that, but it's like 5149. It's very close. And if I'm ever playing at a table and someone says, what should I do on that? I tell them, listen, you're supposed to hit, but it doesn't really matter, but just do the same thing. Whatever it is, be consistent. Decide this whole blackjack run, I'm either staying on a 12 against a 2 or I'm hitting a 12 against a 2. Don't go back and forth. That's how I feel about hedging bets. Like, I made a life decision a decade ago that I don't hedge bets. That if I bet the Chiefs before the year at 6-1 to to win the Super Bowl, and I can hedge that bet and lock in a profit of the equivalent of 4-1, to I'm not doing it. I won't hedge bets. Now, you know, a lot of people say, Nick, that's really dumb. And I say, you're probably right, but I've made the choice. And I just feel like the moment I hedge is the moment that I'm not supposed to. It's going to come around the other way, so I won't do it. So I hedge everything. Yep. So my my whole life, I have hedged everything. And and, and I do believe, so I think there's probably a psychology in my childhood why I hedge. I hedge on everything. Um, you don't. So if I said, be a psychologist, Sigmund Freud for three minutes, why don't you hedge? Oh, because part of what, probably part of what I'm looking for is the emotional pull that comes from the swings. And hedging eliminates both sides of it. So like I'm so is part of this is finances and trying to outsmart the line or in poker outsmart the competition like ego boost or whatever but also part of it is there's something in me that wants to the extremes my guess is this you I don't think either one of us had you know the what people would consider like a rough or very seemingly very difficult upbringing but I had a very comfortable upbringing Aside from my parents getting divorced, which was traumatic for any child, I, I had two great parents. Both were employed with good jobs my whole life. I had a great sister, never worried about anything really as a kid. And as a teenager, gotten a lot of like minor trouble because I was just an idiot, but never really was concerned about anything. There was no risk in my life whatsoever. So I, I, my guess is the Sigmund Freud is I have found a way to add that. That for some reason I I needed it, which is probably unhealthy, and I found a way to add that risk to my life because it's always been so safe for me. You know what I mean? Coming up the way I did. So my guess is that's the answer. Yeah, and mine is the opposite, which I grew up in chaos with multiple divorces and thought I was going to be broke for life. So I don't want pain, and so I hedge every bet. I don't want chaos. I don't want broke. Because I dealt with that my whole life. I've thought about this. I hedge every bet. So I'm actually a really, I think I'm a really smart businessman for a broadcaster. Is that I've done really well. I've hedged all my bets. I'll never go low. I'll probably never hit the lottery. But some would argue I've hit that as a broadcaster. But I'm a bet, I'm a bet hedger. I always, you know, if I, if I bet big, I look to bet against my bet later in the week to hedge it. Right. So like, and that's, and you're in your businesses, you have, you have like diversified your businesses enough that that's a natural hedge. Like you have, you have a natural hedge, even within broadcasting by the ability to now tangibly do at the highest levels, television, radio, and digital. That's, that's the ultimate hedge against everything is like, as long as content creation is a thing, it all the delivery mechanism almost is you're impervious to the swings of it. And so that's, you know, and so that's the I think you're right that whatever it is that, you know, wires us from a young age sets us on those paths. And mine is one that is more and and I would I, and this is me at my least and my most seemingly risk averse, because what I don't allow 
is my own, you know, you know, the fact that I haven't gotten therapy for whatever is wrong with me. I'm not going to allow that to have a negative impact on what my wife and kids can do. So as long as like, you know what I mean? All of that stuff is always taken care of. That's kind of my hedge is like, I'll make sure that all of this is filled up and taken care of. And then the rest is my own kind of personal freedom on it. All right, football fans, the 2021 draft around the corner. FanDuel is hosting something cool, a free $20,000 mock draft contest. Put on your GM hat. It's fun. Predict just the top 10 picks in the draft, and you have a chance to share 20000 bucks in prizes. Easy to play. Just make your draft picks, get points for every pick you get right. The person with the most points wins the top prize. And don't worry, if you only nail a few, you could still walk away with a piece of it. Best part of the contest, 100% free to enter. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app, click on the free to play button, then lock in your picks for the 2021 draft, follow the action live on draft night. Easy peasy. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from zero to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach zero G's in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. By the way, FanDuel Sportsbook has a new user offer. Bet five bucks to win a hundred on Trevor Lawrence to be the first pick in the draft. This is for all new users. FanDuel Sportsbook. That's pretty much a gimme. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking, you know, we we both love the NBA. Um, I lean NFL, then NBA. I think you lean NBA, then NFL. But I did think about something that I, I want you to respond to. Is that Frank Vogel, so much of the NBA is, um, you know, you don't, very rarely did anybody have, like in the NFL, Belichick's one of the few with personnel power and coaching power. Yep. Pete Carroll now in Seattle has that. Andy Reid never had it in Philly and doesn't really have it in Kansas City. Oh, he takes Brett the Beach. players Brett Veach gets. Yep. And then, so Frank Vogel has always been great with bigs, doesn't love guards, likes physical teams, defense, and developing bigs. He didn't really have that. Roy Hibbert wasn't a, wasn't an, uh, a transformational talent. Yeah. He was an average college player, and yet 
Frank Vogel made him into a nuisance for LeBron James in those series against the Heat. He goes to Orlando. Again, it's not a perfect roster for him. What's interesting is he goes to the Lakers. Now he has Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, long guard play, LeBron James. And it took him forever to get there. On the other side, Brooklyn, Mike D'Antoni, just like scores and guards, Steve Nash, that's what he would know. So in a weird way, the two most talented teams are Brooklyn and the Lakers. But what's fascinating, the staffs fit perfectly yep. with the rosters. And and I and I do think if Vogel could pick the team in the NBA he likes, he would take Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Andre Drummond. And then Tony would say, yeah, I got three scores, two great guards. And, and so I do think there's a likelihood they get to the finals together. It is an ultimate chess match. Uh, and, and, and it'll be, it won't be quick. I mean, Miami Heat and a bunch of kids and Jimmy Butler took him six. It would be a six or a seven game series. So that's how I see it. I, I, I do think if Brooklyn gets past Philly, which is not a great matchup, then you're going to get a chess match in the finals. Anything I just said, you disagree with? No, I, the, what I, I, I want to drill on, down on the coaching part of it for a moment, because I think that I don't think Brooklyn's going to make the finals. And I, but set aside that opinion, what they need is at the very least a Frank Vogel type on that staff. What they need is somebody, the, the, it's not only that Brooklyn doesn't have a single great defensive player on the roster. They had one in Jared Allen, by the way, but he was part of the Harden trade. It's not only that they don't have uh, like the to me a traditional roster configuration as far as bigs, wings, and point guards. It's also that everyone that matters is, as you put it, focused on one end of the court. Their three best players, their head coach, and their assistant coach, who is the most important assistant coach in basketball. D'Antoni is yes. the only real assistant coach that matters for a contending team. Because Steve Nash is new to all of this. And that's not a that's knock right. on Nash, but D'Antoni's important there. So the fact that they all are just go, 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 score, score, score. And they don't, you know, what, what they needed really was a defensive big. They didn't get that. If you can't get the personnel, then maybe find a coach who can drill on that part of it. They don't have that either. The Lakers have built, to me, like the entire coaching staff, a Vogel staff around defense with the confidence that it is impossible for a team with LeBron James, certainly a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, to be bad on offense. That it, that the offense will take care of itself be, when LeBron's on the court. And so what we need is for everyone else to care about defense. And what you've gotten, and Vogel get, should get tremendous credit for this, it's a guy like Kyle Kuzma. Now buys in on defense and busts his ass on defense. He's like, yep. that's my, I understand that is part of winning in this role for this team. And that's super important. Markeith Morris on a minimum contract, like is buying into those things. So that's where Vogel's been excellent. I do hope we get Nets Lakers in the finals. I don't think we will, but it, that is the most, it, it is the most fascinating for a million reasons that you mentioned different styles. It would have. You could argue, you could make the argument that LeBron, KD, Harden, AD are four of the five best players in the entire league. <laughs> I, and by the way, Kyrie Irving is, you know, 10, 11, 12, something like that. So it would, the star power would be unbelievable. And it would be the ultimate threes versus twos because the Lakers could get layups almost anytime they wanted. And the Nets are going to shoot a million high percentage threes and see who wins. Yeah, I think Philadelphia stands in the way. I think I think Joel Embiid is a disruptor. I think Simmons is a great defensive guard. Tobias Harris under Doc plays well. They shoot enough threes. I do think Philadelphia is a rough matchup. I don't think Boston matches up offensively, but I think Philadelphia can match up on both ends and is a much better defensive team. Well, here's what I think. I think that it's the one seed is going to have immense importance, not because of home court, because we don't even know how many fans are going to be allowed. Not because of that. But if you're the two seed and you get Miami in round one, 
Miami this year is not Miami last year, but they're not going to get swept. They're going to take a game off you and, and, and physically beat you up a little bit. And more importantly, the two seed then has Milwaukee in round three. And what Milwaukee is not the same Milwaukee as last year. They added Drew Holiday and they got P.J. Tucker during the season. P.J. Tucker's played in big games for the last five years, excellent on defense, tough as a rock, and will hit corner threes. I don't think Milwaukee will beat either of those teams in a series. But there is the element of when the 73-win Warriors lost to the Cavs, they lost that series for two reasons. One is LeBron had the greatest three-game stretch in the history of the league, and the other is because Oklahoma City took them seven the round before, and yep. they were tired, and they were a little gimpy, and they had, you know, they had, you only have so much to give in this sprint of the playoffs. And if you're the one seed, and you're playing the winner of Atlanta, New York in round two, and the other team is playing Milwaukee, that is a massive edge. So I just think the one seed is going to be critically important. I know Philadelphia thinks it's important. I don't think Brooklyn does. And so I think Philly's going to end up the one seed. And I think a big part of the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be how easy round two was and wasn't for those two teams. Another NBA topic. It doesn't really matter because, as I've tried to tell people who talk about ratings, content, all these networks are starved for content. Yep. And so the bottom line is, it doesn't matter if the baseball ratings are down or the hockey ratings are down. I mean, hockey ratings have been terrible forever. They're still getting ESPN and TNT or TBS to pay for them. It doesn't matter. Is it, it, it could be argued, though, it is a little alarming that the NBA's lost about 30% of TV ratings last two years. Um, there's a, I, I, don't, I don't think ratings are ever one thing. Um, I think cable's going down. I think regular season ratings are going down. I think even the NFL ratings went down. I think that's the reality of it. Um, I also think because of a condensed schedule, more stars are taking off, just getting ready for the playoffs. I would do the exact same thing. So, but but it is it is something uh, many have suggested, and I think again, I think it could be part of it. They've been more aggressive on social issues, and there are some people that go to sports and don't want to deal with that crap. As somebody who's an NBA fan active in social opinions, what do you make? It won't affect the bottom line. They're going to get a massive number for their deal. That's not the issue. Yep. We all know that. But if I ran the league, I I wouldn't love the direction of the TV ratings. It would give me less leverage than I want when of I course. go up for negotiation. Why have they lost 30% or roughly thereabouts two years? All right, so I, I, I do think there is a percentage of that that has to do with the social issues. But I also yeah. think the people angriest about the social issues are not diehard NBA fans. And those people, <laughs> you think? I, I, like, listen, folks, I when you tweet me, this is why I don't watch the NBA, I wish I could find you, give you a polygraph and be like, have you watched a game since John Stockton retired? Like, be honest with me, because I don't think you have. Like I, I think a lot. I don't think the NBA turned off their core customer by being on the correct side of police violence and on social justice. I do think they lost a percentage, and I think the league just said it's worth it to us. It's important yeah. to our players. We are an overwhelmingly black league, and we're not going to silence our guys on that. Instead, we're going to lean into it, and it'll age well with history. But I, I'm sure I don't think that helped the ratings. I'll tell you what I think hurts the ratings. I think baseball and basketball are right now both dealing with, and football this has not happened to, a misalignment of incentives. And by that I mean this. The GMs who build the teams and pick the coaches and pick the strategies, their job is to win. The owners and the league job, league's job is to create an exciting television product. And as analytics have taught us on baseball and basketball, not that dissimilar to the evolution of poker from earlier, there's, a, th there's not a gray. There is a right way and a wrong way to attack things. That does give you an edge on the field. It is not good for television. The NBA becoming all threes, free throws, and dunks, just like baseball, 
becoming walk, strikeout, home run, that's not good for TV. And I think that the, the leagues need to have a very hard conversation with themselves. How do we change our rules to incentivize a more diversified gameplay where everyone is not doing the same strategy? Because that one of the things that is good about the NFL is it's such a black box analytically that guys are trying a bunch of different things. And there are different styles. It's not as different stylistically as college football is. People are throwing more and things like that. But the the version of the shift and the opener has not hit the NFL. And the version of 53s a game and no mid-range jump shots has not hit the NFL. But it has Major League Baseball and the NBA. So you know how much I love the league. But it is, I think the players are better. And I think the teams are smarter. But it doesn't mean it's a better product than it was a decade ago because everyone plays the same style. And, and how many games come down to this question? Who hit more threes? Oh, this team was 17 of 30 of 36. Oh, this team got hot. They were 21 of 39. Well, then they won. And so they yep. got to figure that out. They have to figure that out. That, to me, is the bigger problem. Is that now in the playoffs, it figures itself out to a degree because the game slows down some and there is more nuance. But I think, I don't think it's about Black Lives Matter being on the court. I think it's about the fact that everyone is playing the same style and I don't think it's as exciting for some people. You know, I got into this topic uh, on my show today. I said, there's no perfect husband, wife, political candidate, quarterback. I'm never when I created the volume, I was never worried about what people couldn't do. I was trying to find people that can do things. Um, I knew we were all going to talk about the same sports, but I wanted people with different angles. And Jenkins and Jones didn't sound like anybody I knew. Yep. So they can deliver. I'm not asking them to do play by play. I'm not asking them to host. I'm asking them to make me laugh and make me think they did things. I can't do uh, Renee Paquette, Akib Tlaib, Alex Monaco. So I was in the can business. I don't care what you can't do. And I, and I talked about this on the show. I even talked a little politics. I said one of the things that drive me, drives me crazy with Democrats, Republicans tend to find a candidate. And if they mostly believe in what he does, he checks three or four main boxes, then they get in line. They're not seeking perfection. Democrats don't get in line. They they get in. They fall in love, not in line. And they go, oh, bet is the best. And Mayor Pete's the best. But if they don't agree up and down the line on virtually everything, he's a bad candidate. And I'm like, stop. Stop it. Democrats drive me nuts this way. That they often eat their own. They eat their young. They eat their candidates. And my theory, and I was talking about Zion and Lamar. With Zion, we have now been paralyzed by what he can't do hit threes. He is the most efficient scorer for his age in the history of the league. Bucky Brooks, I love, but he suggested they should move off Lamar Jackson and go get Justin Fields. And I'm like, he's 30 and four against the league, not named Patrick Mahomes. He's won a road playoff game. He's 24. What he can do, he's otherworldly. You cannot compare him to Patrick Mahomes. There's one of those in the world, maybe two. And so kind of your thoughts on Zion and Lamar, we are we are stuck in this. Well, they don't do it. And my takeaway is, are you people nuts? What they do, they do better than any humans on the planet currently. So before I answer that, I, 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 I want to respond to your initial political analogy because yeah. I think it's really smart. And I think both parties would be bet would would be very well served to take something from the other in this regard. Uh, in my experience, ardent conservatives or Republicans, to y- use your example, they root for their candidates like a sports team. Like, I'm a root for the Chiefs, basically no matter what. Like, it's just, they're my team. And so the there, w- there, w- there will be some people who, you know, to this day, are will be like, nope, there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq because they are pot committed, buddy. It's like, nope, I'm, I'm all in. On the flip side, to your point about Democrats, there will be Democrats who it's like a critically important election 
against an abhorrent candidate on the other side. It's like, well, I don't know. If he doesn't support exactly this, I'm turning on him. And it, and, brutal. And it's brutal. It's brutal. And for me, listen, I'm a, I'm a labor Democrat. I came up in a union household for a guy. I, and I obviously deeply care about social issues, but I really care about the, the average American worker being able to, you know what I mean? Raise their overall level. When I see, when I see these things, I'm like, we're going to lose to the wing nut because we're going to kill our own guy. So I, I wish Democrats could have a little more. All right, let's see the big picture. You know what I mean? And, you know, kind of move forward and understand there aren't. And I also wish that some Republicans could do a better job of being like, okay, this guy's accused of doing what at the mall in Alabama? Okay, <laughs> I, I, I can't with him. Like there should be. And so that I, I agree with that take wholeheartedly. Now on Zion and Lamar, I, we, of course, this is something that Bill Simmons said a long time ago. And I just give him credit because I think he's right. There are certain guys that are 90-10 guys. And and I would argue for a long part of his career, Russell Westbrook's been one of these guys. Where 90% of the stuff they do is awesome. But 10% of the stuff they do is not only bad, it's glaringly bad. It's like obviously bad. And we focus all on the 10. So with Lamar, for example, listen, I I... I think Lamar has been misdiscussed from the very beginning. People were too critical of him, which made people too protective of him, which made people, it's like a weird cycle where there, some people act like he is, there are no holes in his game. And some people act like he's still has proven nothing, even though he won an MVP. There can be some nuance there. There is obviously a way to defend Lamar Jackson, which is if you can, and it's very hard to do, take away the run. He's going to have some games where he's just an inaccurate passer, where he is not great yet at surveying the entire field and throwing the ball accurately. But that shouldn't be the focus on him when 90% of what he, his teammates love him. He is an excellent leader. He is the most dynamic athlete we've had at the position since Vic and maybe including Vic. He's durable despite getting his ass kicked repeatedly. He's always popping up. He's young. He's he gets in no trouble. So, but we focus on things he can't do, and it's similar, like you're saying with Zion. Zion's played less than 90 career NBA games. He scores 27 a night on Shaq's shooting percentage. Is he is can you give him the ball to shoot a pull up mid range jump shot? No. But until somebody shows they can stop him from getting to the rim, who gives a damn? And so. I, there is, there's a lot of like concern trolling with some of these guys like the Zion. It's like, well, if this doesn't happen, then in four years, all right, if in four years he's the same player, then you're just going to have to accept, okay, I guess all he's ever going to be is the ninth best player in the world. Like he's, cause he's already a fringe top 10 guy. If he never gets better, he stays there. So yes, I agree. I think there is too much focus on for certain guys, what they can't do. And there are certain guys where the opposite's true. I'll use the, I, people think I'm too hard on him. I think the quarterback for the New York Giants is an example of this. Everyone, there he throws a beautiful deep ball. But he's bad at everything else. But everyone is like, oh my God, like look at these traits, these tools. Like he can, yeah, but, but he fumbles more than any player ever. He doesn't read the field particularly well. He, I thought he was fast and had that one really good run. Then he just fell down on his own. Like, but he's <laughs> just focusing on like the one. So there are certain guys we focus on one great skill, and there's certain guys who have a bunch of great skills. We focus on the one bad thing, the thing they don't have. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. 
Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. You know, I... um Usually Wednesdays, we converge on the air. We didn't this week. So I'm going to throw something else I talked about today that we probably would have talked about on TV. And that is the NFL is very much a fear-based league. Last year, the top 25 picks in the NFL's first round all played significant minutes. In the NBA, your top 10 picks are often ceiling guys. I'm not going to get much for two or three years. Joel Embiid's a classic example. But his ceiling is huge. If you do that in the NFL, the Packers did with Jordan Love, they're still getting ripped for it. Yep. Because, and my theory is, in the NBA, that you can be fired as a coach or a GM. I mean, Dan Tony will get another job, and he doesn't even want to coach defense or bigs. He'll get another job. Frank Vogel got fired twice, not only got a good job, got the best job. The Lakers, LeBron. Uh, Tibbs was like a tire fire. I guess the the next job. Keeps getting jobs. Keeps getting a bunch of them. So my, I love Stan Van Gundy commentary on Twitter. He has not shown me ever that he's a good coach. And he just keeps getting jobs. Just keeps right. getting them. So, so in the NBA, there is a sense, the GM and the coach, hey, it's the process. It's okay. We don't need a guy now. If he hits big, Embiid will be a one or two seed. The NFL, it's different. I mean, John Gruden's the only guy with a leash. He has a Super Bowl and has gotten better in all the years he's been there. And we're just about done with him. We're just about done with him. My point is, the Niners don't care about ceiling. Kyle Shanahan's like, I'm in the toughest division, easily. The Rams got better, the Seahawks got better, and Arizona's better. Garoppolo can't stay healthy, and in four years, I have three losing seasons. I don't give a shit about ceiling. I have to win now. And Mac Jones had a pro coordinator in college, a pro coach, through to pros, and in the SEC face pros. And for the next three years, he'll be Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'm number two all time to Patrick Mahomes in the first 16 starts for my quarterback. Nick Mullins is second behind Patrick Mahomes. That's right. First 16 starts. And by the way, the last two times, Kyle Shanahan's had a quarterback that's healthy for a year, Matt Ryan Shanahan. He got to a uh, Matt Matt Ryan Ryan Garoppolo. Garoppolo. He got to a Super Bowl. So my takeaway is even Shanahan, there's some fear-based mechanism for NFL coaches where my my runway, if I lose again because I'm developing Trey Lance, the shine I'm in big trouble off. here. Right. And so that's that's really fascinating. And I now have been become resigned to the fact that they are taking Mac Jones. And it's because of the press conference Monday when I know everyone was focused on everything Shanahan said. Shanahan's like, listen might be Pompeii over here. We might all be dead on (laughs) Sunday. Like, I can't guarantee. The most interesting part was when John Lynch said, 
without saying it. This ain't my pick, boys. He said, uh, Kyle's our coach. He's our offensive coordinator. He's a quarterback genius. I would be insane not to listen to what who he wants at that position. That, to me, was John Lynch saying, Kyle's gets all the credit. This is the right guy. But also, eh, that's his pick. It's his pick. Um, because I don't think they're necessarily on the same page there. So I think they are probably going to take Mac Jones. I also think, and I tweeted it out uh, Tuesday morning, so people can go check the link. Peter King was in the draft room with Lynch and Shanahan for their first draft ever, 2017. And his entire article is there three days. And it is a fascinating reread because they had, you remember, they had the number two pick. They trade back with Chicago from two to three. They trade back with the intent of either taking at three Solomon Thomas from Stanford or Reuben Foster, the linebacker from Alabama. They were going to take him three. Solomon's there. They take Solomon. Mahomes, Watson, no consideration. They had Brian Hoyer. They then trade back into the first round to get Reuben Foster. They then trade up at the end of the third round to take C.J. Beathard at quarterback, who Peter King quotes uh, Shanahan or Lynch in the article saying, this is the only quarterback in the entire draft Kyle liked. That draft had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in it. He could have taken either one of them. The only quarterback he liked was C.J. Beathard. Four years removed from that, just for the record, Reuben Foster's out of the league. Solomon Thomas doesn't play for them anymore, and neither does C.J. Beathard. Now, they got George Kittle in that draft, though, so, like, nobody cares, and the team went to the Super Bowl a year later, so nobody cares. But I do think that two things can be true. Kyle Shanahan can get the absolute most out of any quarterback and can be the best play designer in football. I think that might be true. Andy Reid's close, but that might be true. And it also might be true. The guy might not have a great eye for quarterback talent. Thank you. And and so we're about to find out because they they traded up knowing they're not going to be able to get Lawrence or Wilson. One of Fields, Lance, or Jones, I would imagine – at least one of them is going to be awesome. I would imagine at least one of them is not going to work at all, and we'll see what happens with the third. It It's important he be right. It's important he be right, and we'll see if he is. I, I, I root for all these kids, so I'm not going to say Mac Jones won't work. He wouldn't be my pick, but it's not, you know, it's not my team. But I think you bring up an interesting point, is that Kyle Shanahan – there's some confirmation bias. He has worked with pocket guys. I mean, he was in Washington, and he worked well. He wor- he saw RG3, who was a mm-hmm. kind of a one-side-of-the-field reader, who got hurt. And he's like, oh, Kirk Cousins has never missed a game, except for, I think, once in Week 17, he sat out, sure. there was playoffs. So in his world, Matt Schaub won for him. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan won for him. And Kirk Cousins and, the and Jimmy G quarter- won for him when he was healthy. Yep. Jimmy G won for him. Yeah. So his thing is, I had a running guy, RG three, and he lasted a year, and that's not what I want. But I, I think your other point is true: is that we tend to think great calling plays. He knows talent. John Gruden's the greatest example. John Gruden falls in love with everybody. GMs fall in like with people. Chris Ballard falls in like with people. Gruden falls in love with everybody. Therefore, he's a very, to me, poor personnel guy. I mean, even their picks they got off Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, one of them, Jacobs, can play. The rest of them are reaches or can't play. So Shanahan's in a very interesting situation where I'm told by somebody I trust, the personnel people don't love Mac Jones, but Kyle's the star in the organization and the star wins. Especially at that position. Especially if they if they weren't taking a quarterback, then I think it wouldn't just be Kyle's call. If you know what I mean, if they if they were in love with Jimmy Garoppolo, but for some reason they had this super high pick, and it's like it's either Kyle Pitts or Waddle or who, then I think it's a real discussion. But if it's the quarterback, Kyle's going to win. Like he's you're you don't have him there to not let him have his quarterback, especially once you make the call to. It, the, 
it's amazing to me how immediately, how quickly we all adjusted to the reality on the ground. Nobody, before the Niners traded three first-round picks to move from 12 to 3, no one was saying this was good. like, oh, my God, they've got to move into the top five. They've got to do this. And what the, the part of this that is the, the most fascinating to me is the Mac Jones hype, and you know, buzz, whatever, started with them trading up. Had they not, if they end up taking him at three, I do think a huge what if is, wasn't he going to be there at 12? And if he wasn't going to be there at 12, certainly he was going to be there at six, which we saw Miami trade down to 12 and then back to six. You could have gotten there. So it's like they created the market for him, which is why for a long time, and I said on your show, I thought it was all a smokescreen. I thought it was Justin Fields because Justin Fields wasn't going to be there at 12. Now folks are saying Justin Fields could slide to the Patriots at 15. I don't understand any of it. I just I I sometimes feel bad because I don't watch you know 12 hours of college football a Saturday because I'm watching 12 hours of the NFL and I Saturday I'll watch a couple college football games would also do stuff for my family. But then I don't feel bad at all because I'm like it must not matter. So was Justin Fields for effing <laughs> awesome. It's great. Now people are like Chris Sims, like he's gonna fall to thirty-two to the Bucks. Get the get the hell out of here! He's gonna fall to thirty-two <laughs> to the Bucks. Stop. Yeah, it. Chris Sims, who I love, his he had the zaniest, zaniest mock draft first round. Let's he had the Jets taking a Go defensive ahead. lineman. I'm like, that's all they have. That's their only good unit. They're not taking a defensive lineman. Let's let's be honest about and I know you put out a mock draft and I did a fake, you know, like big board of uh, top 10 or whatever. Can I tell you why Chris Sims had the best mock draft? Here's why. Why? Cuz we're talking about it. Cuz the mo- there is nothing more make believe in our business than the mock drafts, especially when someone's like I'm going to release five of them. It's like, well then I know your best like Whatever your you, the one that the things you don't believe are going to be in the first one because you want your last one to be accurate. And so Chris Sims got it. He's like, man, what if I have the guy who 90 days ago was the consensus number two pick fall to 32 and have Tampa take him? It's like, boom, got it. This is you know you know it's it, it, his mock draft is the version of you know who's the NBA MVP Julius Randle. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Just, shut up. But, but it's, people are like, oh, did you hear what they said? He's the MVP. Nick Wright, I don't even want to spoil it. 45 great minutes. I don't want to take too much of your time. It's, 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 we're taping this on Tuesday night. You got your family. I'm so happy you went, rolled the die. I could have never done that in Vegas. You took 90 Gs, came back. Well, you're not going to tell me what you came back with, but you won in poker. I'm just very happy for you right now. It was good. This is thrilling. Uh, We obviously should do this again soon. And uh, you said, like you said, we're doing this Tuesday night. People will be here Wednesday. And I will be on TV with you this week. Last week I was in Vegas, so I couldn't be. So we can talk more soon. But uh, I appreciate you, Colin. Good seeing you, buddy. You too. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. At The Volume Sports, Twitter and Instagram, rate, review, subscribe. We also have At The Volume Sports YouTube page. Sign up, watch. Hope you liked it. waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition 
made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.